0: Welcome to the Ancient Paths Podcast, a journey of unlearning to learn the New Testament Church, where we look at what we've learned or experienced and hold it up to the light of scripture and stories of the New Testament and early church, then discover together how we can return to those ancient paths so the church would thrive and live again. I'm Daniel Sable, and I'm honored to be your host. And with me today, I've got my friend Callister again hanging out. So excited to have you here. Thanks for joining on this conversation. This is actually one that uh you and I have just kind of talked about in general. And I know when we were first uh kind of planning out some of the different episodes, this was an, an early conversation um, of really the difference between what what's volunteering, what's serving. And so uh in the early church, you see a lot of language for serving, but in a church today, you you will you're much likely to see the word serve as you are to see the word volunteer. And kind of wanted to talk through how did we find ourselves here? You know, what's the difference? Is there a difference? Um, you know, what does that produce? And so, um, I think uh, looking to again at the early church writing, you know, one one of the ones that I love to to talk about it was really in large part because it was kind of my introduction to some of this stuff is the Didache, and there's a ton of serving language uh, in in that in that short writing um, th- that they're talking about there, and so uh, I think an important conversation. I think sometimes language, it can feel what's the difference. You say, serve, I say volunteer. I mean, we're all getting to the same place in the end. Um, I think sometimes language would speak to something different than that, that, that there is a pretty big difference between those things. And so I'm kind of excited to have this conversation with you and to, and I, I like that we don't say too much before these, cause I like finding out kind of in real time. And so just excited to, to hear any questions and thoughts and insights and stuff you have so
1: cool so can i ask one yeah please okay so let just to start it off um I, can you just like give a basic working definition for um serving and volunteering
0: yeah i think um volunteering I, I think a lot of the language for volunteering speaks to um that you know for free you're giving your time to to help with something, to do something. It's not necessarily a church word. You can volunteer at a soup kitchen. You can volunteer at a, um, that there's a, uh, a mission, a purpose, a, uh, an agreed upon function that's being worked on, um, that, that you are choosing without financial pay to help with for volunteer, uh, for giving or for serving. Uh, this is more about, um. Well, it's kind of hard to to make that distinction. So it's it seems like it's less focused on to what end. It's less focused on um, the agreed upon outcome. It's kind of showing up. Uh, so I th- I think maybe that a, a distinction between the two. Okay. Cool. Awesome. There's more to unpack in that, but uh, yeah, I think that's a good kind of starting.
1: When you look at like the difference between kind of the early church. Uh, what you see in the New Testament and what you see in the writings thereafter, like soon after, uh, and kind of the church where we're at today, like how things are done in church today. Um, Kind of where do you see the origin or where do you see like the genesis of uh, kind of switching over to this idea of like being a volunteer versus being a servant
0: to the body? Yeah, that's such a good question. And obviously this is my opinion of how we found ourselves here. I, I don't know that I could... Definitively say this is the truth, but I I'm pretty sure I'm right. So the the change from the early church, where, and again, you you've talked about this, you and I've talked about this. So much of the early church writing and so much of the early church was about we're all Christians, we're all called, the, you know, the the common man, the the interaction of doesn't matter who you are according to the world, now Christ is in you. As uh constantine came in and uh not i'm not saying because of constantine but following some of the things that he did and and kind of where the church went after that there was a consolidation much more of leadership and then the church changed from a group of people who were doing something to a group of people who you know as- ascribed to subscribed to believed in a common thing and then there was the elevation of the person who talked about taught and led what that is and so church used to be community of people doing stuff that God has called them to together in at, at a table in community and family, and then it became like an organization. Mm-hmm. And then in the organization, you have, which the church had, you know, roles and hierarchy is maybe a, a kind of a gross word for it, but the idea of there's that exists in the church. but again, with the expectation that we're all doing this, we're all a part of this then the hierarchy was not even really about the local church it was about how this church in this small town was connected to this larger town and these small villages they were a part of this larger cities and then that large city was a part of these huge you know massive population cities and all of those massive populations all submitted to this one major massive population city and it it became about um uh, like a global structure rather than a local Activity amongst each other, and the more that that became prevalent, the less anybody in the church really did. Yeah. And then, then you were an attender of church, and then you fast forward into now. If you pull a thousand people from your city that go to church, um, two, three times a month, you know, one, two times a month. I think they say one to two times is the average church attendance now, which I. I don't concede to say that that should be called that, but I think in in polling and stuff, that's kind of what they'll use. Mm. Um, If you were to to ask a thousand of those people, what do you do in your church? Or what does your week look like in light of your involvement in your church? The vast majority of those people attending is uh, the most, by far, the most common answer. And then the next tier would be people who volunteer you know, maybe once a month or once every couple months, and what they're talking about in volunteering has something to do with the church service that they go to. Got gotcha. you. And so I think that's a big part of where that happened.
1: That kind of brings to mind, like, the scripture. I don't know exactly where it's at, but where it just says, you know, that when you come together, each one of you has a part to play, which yeah. is like, you know, if one of you has a psalm or um, uh, a word or, you know, scripture to read or teach, something to teach, it's like, each one of you are kind of expected to bring that to have it be a vibrant community yeah. when you come. And then kind of like what I hear you saying is when it switched over is like you had these people that are at the top that kind of just have their responsibility is to provide everything for the day right. or everything for the meeting.
0: Yeah, and I'm and I I'm not trying to speak against the heart of the people that were leading mm-hmm. in that time. Just it changed where mm-hmm. instead of... uh Everyone's ready in season and out of season. And if I'm the one that's speaking today, or if I have something to share today, that's great. I'm ready. You know, I can, but I don't, I don't have to, you know, just a very different perspective than no one goes to church wondering if they have something they're supposed to contribute. They know for sure they don't. And that that's newer. That that wasn't in mm-hmm. the early church conversations. Now it didn't mean they didn't have people that they really relied on to help them, you know, navigate the truth of the word, that there wasn't people teaching and and helping people to stay on track with you know with Jesus's teachings, it it just was a, a greater involvement from from the church body as a whole yeah. uh, versus today where that, that's less true. So and again, it's important to say, so a lot of what I was talking about was a, about the Catholic Church, the the global model. Right, but it's not just in the Catholic Church. The the typical Christian church that is oftentimes what you'll find is a very small number of people are doing something for, for the larger group. If it's a hundred people or a thousand or 10,000, that that's, that is typically what you'll find. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure
1: like ebbs and flows and there's pockets here and there throughout history where I'm generalities, but yeah, yeah. people are becoming, or people are really embracing, like really serving each other. Um, but so, so with that in mind, like, what are some things that you see for a pastor and for the congregants of a church that's like attractive to this, like, You know, um, just you know, kind of let's get a few volunteers in here to make something happen, and they don't really have to have that much more like responsibility in this whole thing.
0: I think that there's there's just a real simple kindness exchange. I think that's in the volunteerism of the pastors wanting to do something good that you know is beyond what you know they can do on their own, and the people love the pastor or they love the thing that the pastor is doing, and so they want to help you know, be a part of getting it done. And so the I, I think that's, you know, they don't want to do it alone. I think, again, the kind of common perspective would be, I know that most of this is going to be me, but it would be great not to have to do all of it, or we're doing two good things instead of just one, so I can only do one, so I need help doing the second. And people are a part of that church, and so, hey, I love the pastor, I want to help them. Or I love this idea of what they're starting, and so I want to help be a part of that, and and that's really, I think, kind of at, at the heart of the exchange. I don't, I don't believe there's anything nefarious or bad in that, but I but I do believe that it's an incomplete or an incorrect view.
1: So yeah, that was as you were saying that I was like, oh, that's really insightful because what I was thinking is there's something like, um, you know, it it seems like there's necessarily a motive. To like just want to keep people to be, you know, servants or something like that. And maybe that's not necessarily so. And maybe it's just that they don't know how much better it can
0: be. Yeah, I I think it's, I mean, as a general rule, we know what we've seen. We believe, you know, what's been modeled for us. And so I I think stepping out of that is a is a hard idea to um but but I think even look being honest about what percentage of a typical american church are, of the congregation that goes to that church consistently what percentage of them volunteer it's usually you know 5 to 10% yeah so even those who are doing that good thing it's still a very small percentage of people that that are even doing that yeah
1: um you you brought this up in a church meeting um recently and you kind of said, hey, you know, like when we think about like calling people volunteers, I'm, I want to move towards calling people servants. Uh, and I thought I thought it was like it really kind of sparked a lot of thoughts in my mind. And I kind of asked you, I was like, hey, you know, like what if we just like went the whole like, you know, hundred yards and was like, just call everybody ministers. Yeah. Um, there's there's a verse in Revelation that I thought of, like Revelation one, four through six. Um, John's talking to the seven churches. And at the end at six and six, he says, Uh he, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. To him be the glory and the power forever. Amen. Yeah. Um I I kind of wanted to like bring this in here because I was like, uh, maybe, maybe those things are that are very similar, maybe the servant idea and the minister idea is similar uh do you think is that kind of yeah, what you're getting I, at? I, I think
0: that's the whole point is that the Bible says that before the foundations of the world, God laid out good works for mm-hmm. you, for me, for all his people for them to walk in, yeah, and so I am a minister that you know we're 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 priests that believers you're priests, and yeah. so there's a there's a work that you're called to, and it's going to look different if you're a, you know, a mom with two little kids, or a, you know, an, an 18-year-old guy just graduating high school and figuring life out, or a, you know, 75-year-old retiree who's, you know, been on the road for most of their life and now, you know, getting to settle in to their local community. It it can look different based on you know many different factors, but the truth is we're all called to be ministers, while called to minister, yeah, and I think there's a huge—that's that's in where I think a lot of the distinction that it seems maybe harmless at first glance, where uh, it's not, where there's, there's actually an issue there. And I think that is a big part of it that—and again, not, not to make it—because I think sometimes when people emphasize that, you know, we're all called to be ministers, it's then inserted into the context of um, platform. Mm-hmm that all of us should have a chance with the microphone. All of us should have a chance on a stage. All of us should, it's like, let's remove that from the conversation and say we're all called to minister wherever. And if it's Mm. in my neighborhood, in my home, you know, at a store, at my job, we're all called to minister. And, and, And that's what we should be expecting as a believer. It's what we should be encouraging each other in. It's what leadership in the church should expect of the people in the church that we're all called to minister. And that's starting with, of course, yes, mm-hmm. but now what? Mm. Now where? Now how? Hmm. Um, so, the uh,
1: I've had the opportunity to serve in a couple couple different capacities in uh, church. One of them recently, I got to step in as youth uh, director for Woodland, and that has been such an eye opening experience. Um, I think at various times, there's these times and places where I feel like, you know, I don't need somebody to tell me my role. And I kind of just like, I jump in and God, you know, gives me that role. But like, there was something about like stepping into this role of like, I'm the one responsible for finding the high schooler and the middle schooler out there and making sure that they're welcome. And they're like, it gave me such a purpose and like a, like, Hey, this is awesome. Like I really, you know this, like these kids, not that, not that, not, not that everybody else isn't going to do their job of like, you know, doing this thing, but like, there's actually like some like specific role carved out to say, like, that's my responsibility to go and find those people and like to love on them. Uh, and so it's been super, super life-giving. And now, like I used to work in streaming, especially during the pandemic and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, like, what if I had this attitude when I was helping to run the stream? where there's people on Facebook that are like, you know, connecting. And it's like these people need to be ministered to. And instead of just being like, oh man, people are complaining again and again about the stream. Um, but my what if my attitude was, hey, like I'm a minister to these people, like reach out to them. How are you guys doing? How's your day going today? Not just like running the job, you know, of like here I'm here to my job was to push the button. I yeah. pushed the button. yeah I made sure everything worked and I pushed the button to have yeah. it off. And like actually considered like hey I'm in this role. I'm responsible. There's nobody in the service like actually checking the stream to see if there's you know people right. that need to be like ministered to or prayed for, or that kind of stuff. So,
0: and I, and I think a big a big part of that too is the way I would say it. you're called to minister because mm-hmm. all believers are called to minister. Yeah. And in this season, one of the beautiful ways that God is calling you to minister is towards middle school, high school kids and their families. Mm-hmm. And so, you're already moving. And now you're moving with a direction or a focus that's unique to this season and and helping others who are also called to minister to that age group and their families to come with you in specifically ministering to those people. Your purpose didn't start at that role right and yeah. the and the people that haven't yet partnered with you that are meant to their purpose doesn't start the moment you ask them to and and so i I think that's such a big part of why that it's such an important word to bring into this, is there's the expectation of movement, there's the expectation of purpose, there's the expectation of, of there's something for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning, finding out, enjoying the process of seeing what and where throughout, not, you know, in this season I have something to do, and in the next one I may not, or I never had purpose until this moment, that, that no, you, you have a call, that you, that you are called to minister.
1: Right. Yeah. And I was just, and I was kind of recognizing that, like I really saw myself as a volunteer yeah. in the streaming stuff that yeah. I was
0: doing previously
1: and yeah. like being like, actually like ha- having that change of like mindset
0: yeah, is, is amazing. So Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. If I can, I, I feel like tying into some of the writing that the early church guys use for, for some of this is really helpful. Um, Clement of Rome, uh, he writes in 1st in Clement, or, or, you know, most people believe Clement of Rome is the guy who wrote 1st Clement. Hmm. Um, For Christ is with those who are humble, not with those who exalt themselves over his flock. The scepter of the majesty of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, did not come with the pomp of arrogance or pride, though he could have done so, but in humility as the Holy Spirit had spoken concerning him. I feel like one of the, one of the most common pieces of language that's attached to all the conversations or you know most of the conversations you see in um in the early church writing you know what whether it's the Didache or you know first and second you know Clement and these different writings humility is a huge part of uh of that conversation there's a definition of of humility that I really like um humility is not to think that you're terrible I like. I think maybe it's C.S. Lewis that it says it's not to think less of yourself, it's to think of yourself less. I think there's wisdom in that too, for sure. But but really, the way I I I love to look at humility, and I feel you know the Bible speaks to this, and this is a good, true interpretation of of that word, is to to take up your God given space, yeah. to not to not fail to step into the things that God has for me, but not also to try to step into the area that's yours. Um. So insecurity causes me not to. You know step into the area god has called me to uh pride comparison whatever causes me to take up some of your space um but ultimately all of that submitted to a much higher authority than me and so humility is there's a god who has a purpose for me and i want to know what that is it matters to me and to be submitted to that uh you know, versus some other thing I think is really important in all of this.
1: I was hoping this would come up in this discussion because I copied down this verse so I could read it word for word. When he had finished washing their feet, yeah. he put on his clothes and returned to to his place. Do you understand that I have do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher. This is Jesus washing his disciples' feet. You call me teacher and Lord and Lord. and rightly so, for that is what I am now that i your lord and teacher have washed your feet you also should wash one another's feet i have set you an example that you should do as i have done for you um i we we recently had an elder at our church teach a message on feet washing and then at the end of it asked us all to wash feet yeah. there's only one other time that i've had to wash somebody else's feet and it was in a play yeah or like a a uh like a thing and i was or um uh what do you call it? Not a play. It was, I guess, like a play for, for, uh, like a performance kind a of thing. Per- like a, a message skit or on the yeah. church. Yeah. yeah. Skit at yeah. church. Um, and I was like, after that, I was like, oh man, I'm so glad feet washing is not for today. And it's like, <laughs> I just, it's just, Feels so weird, and then when the the elder at our church, like I was like kind of swore to myself, like not swore to myself, I was just like, I'm not doing that in a skit again. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, two years later, I'm here at Woodland, and the elders like, okay, today we're gonna wash everybody's feet. You know, come up and get your feet washed, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> I could just like not get, not do that, not take part, and nobody would know. Yeah. But I was, so I ended up going through with it, but it's like, it is, even though it's like, we don't have the same dirty feet that people had back then with sandals, uh, there's something like weird and like humiliating about it or like humbling. humbling yeah. yeah.
0: Humiliating. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, the words aren't that different. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it was just like, it's like, Oh, like this is, there's something good in here. Yeah. And it was really good. It was like, it's been really cool for our, I think our church to like really pursue humility
0: yeah. Yeah, Richard and Kathy are gold. Mm-hmm. They're de- deacons at the church. Oh, yeah, deacons. yeah, I'm they're sorry. just awesome. They they have that heart, and they 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 model that so well. So thankful for 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 that. And that day was challenging for me too, you know. But beautiful. Did you get your feet washed? I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, did. I know
1: somebody who didn't, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to name you on the.
0: <laughs> Don't call them out here. Yeah, That probably would be right. But but uh, coming back to the. The humility piece, you know, Matthew twenty twenty eight, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, yeah. and to give His life for the ransom of many. And so, um uh, another kind of excerpt from First Clement: Let us be imitators of those who went about in goat skins and sheepskins, preaching the coming of Christ. Wow. That there's a laying aside of something um to have this perspective. And I, you know, we were talking before. If it boils down to what's volunteer, what's serving, if I can kind of give my, uh, where to land, I guess, maybe in some of this, and uh, not to try to force the conversation to end, but but really the difference in all of this. I think humility is a huge part of how it gets us there. But here, here's how I would say it. For volunteer, I choose to give my time. I've looked at my priorities, my desires, or whatever I'm considering. And I chose to pick a piece of my day or to take a piece of my day or my week to offer another person, an organization, or a need to give my time to them. So what's the language that's central to all of that? Me. I. Mm-hmm. I chose to give my time and I considered the priorities of needs and what's interesting to me and what inspires me. And I gave my time to volunteer for that, that need, that purpose. So what sustains my ability to continue to volunteer is my balance of life, your ability as the person inviting me to keep me convinced and engaged in the cause, the rewards for what keep me coming, and what I will be led to do is what aligns with my passions, my desires, or my gifting. And that's volunteering. Serving, is there is a God who is worthy of my whole life, every day, regardless of what, where, how it shows itself, all of it. Doesn't matter what it is, it is my honor to be given the opportunity to partner in and to partner with the King in kingdom work. So what sustains me is I see him and I see what he's like, I see how worthy he is, I see you know, others with the heart of how he sees them, and the love of God in me compels me to do what He's called me to do for them, regardless of how obvious the need is, how recognized it is, how exciting, compelling, how compensated or encouraged I am, and I will do what aligns with Him, His will, His kingdom, His way, and what He's called and anointed me to do. Volunteering puts me at the center of the decision and the call and the work and the frequency of work. I look at all my priorities, and I decide what peace I want to give. Serving is a life laid down that starts with the idea of my whole life is His. So whatever He asks of me, whatever He calls of me, whatever he, wherever He places me, and, and what a joy. And, and then, because this is one of the challenges that I've, that I've run into in the church over time, because I, I love, one of my favorite things in the church is seeing someone Find that they have a part to play, helping them to see where God has gifted, anointed, called them. Help them to get connected in that. I I love it. I love it. If I could, if every Sunday, all I did, if every week, most of what I did was just focus on um, helping other people step into their calling, I, I would do that all that over speaking in front of people or anything else. I mean, I would choose that every time. But the challenge in that is sometimes people come to me, and I know this isn't a condemnation, it's just a reality of the difference of perspective for volunteer and the, and the, you know, how we see it, serving versus volunteering. They come to me and say, hey, you have a church. I have some passions around music or public speaking or about whatever, and I want you to use the church and the people and the needs of the church to create a place for my dreams and passions to be fulfilled. Um, kind of a, as a, a satire way that people come to me and say, hey, uh, can you make my wildest dreams come true through opportunity and position at the church? And it's like, you have such purpose. You have such call on your life. I'm so excited that you're here and your desire is to get connected. But we have to have a few conversations before we can, because I, I, I think that's what it produces. The flip side to what happens in that too from the, the church and the leadership church side of stuff is that you view people as resources for your vision they are things to help you accomplish something you want to do Mm. not people that have been paid for in blood that have their own purpose apart from yours maybe connected maybe partnered maybe overlapping but there's not one person that their existence is a side story to my story yeah and i think volunteerism as similar as it may sound is actually pretty dangerous because it tells people maybe you have a part to play. That's not true. They do. And then for, for the person maybe leading, it creates this sense of these are the kind of people I want. These are the I'm looking at people as pieces on a board that I'm maneuvering rather than sons and daughters with eternal purpose, eternal calling, That God himself prepared good works for them to walk into. And that my job is to serve and help them to model in my own life, but to serve and help them to find the places that God has called them to serve as well. And then for them, for, you know, for, the, for the person in that story, they're starting with, of course, I've got somewhere to go. Of course, God has something for me. And, and it's not about me mm-hmm. in the sense of fulfilling something for me. It's about being a part of a greater story than my own, That there's a king of glory that I get to, I'd rather be a reader at the door in his house than the most famous person in the world in the natural. And and that's what service ministers bring versus what volunteering brings.
1: You, uh, you and Andrew just did a couple of episodes on um, the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. which has just been like, really, since we started, we did that podcast with David, I was like, man, this is like really some really good stuff in here. Um, but that kind of brings to what you're just saying right now, it brings to light kind of the thing that has most recently been kind of impacting me and my wife, which has been this idea that like Jesus says, like you're to be the light of the world. And then he's like, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of other people so that they can see. Yeah. And it's like uh my my wife, made last night was just saying like, you know, it's crazy that somebody, two people could be doing the exact same thing, one of them doing doing it with a heart that's completely different than the other. And the one with a different heart is the one who's like doing something that's meaningful and like actually counted as treasure in heaven. Cause Christ says like, if you're giving so that other people will see and they say like, Hey, good job, man. You really, you gave a lot of money. Like that was awesome. They've received their full reward. That's it. (laughs) But if you're doing it so that your father in heaven who sees what you do in secret will reward you. And it's like, even, you know, like if I did a GoFundMe, I could choose not to put my name on it so that nobody's like looking at me. I could choose to put my name on it so that people will glorify my God in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, I could choose to do it so that people will come to me and say, hey man, that's awesome that you were doing that. So it's like, you know, we've got to like, we've got to seek the Lord. We've got to ask him where our heart's at. We've got to like do that. And that's what I hear you saying in this is like, if it's about us, it's worthless. And
0: it's, it's for us. It's just not unto us. yeah. Yeah. It's what a joy yeah to serve in his house, what a joy to serve other people again when i when I see someone else the way that God sees them, I am not struggling to serve them yeah because i I get a glimpse of their value I get a glimpse of his heart toward them and then serving them becomes easy mm-hmm. and and so when we're inspired by when we're sustained by when we're drawn in by the eternal yeah it's all easy when we're Navigating time frames and schedules, and we're you know looking at what's inspiring me in this season, and you know which person do I want to partner with their vision because I feel like they're the kind of pr- you know what I mean. It it just puts pressure on all temporary things, that yeah, it just it doesn't produce the life that it's meant to, and I and I think what it does is it creates in churches where you create a vision that that. Can only be sustained if five to 10% of the church volunteer to do it. And everyone is then committed to doing that five to 10% of whatever is in your vision. So if God has called them to the nations or to the homeless or to, you know, young adults or, what, or whatever, you know, single moms, you know, helping them, widows, helping them, an area that God maybe has put something in them, if it doesn't meet what you're building, then they just don't do it hmm. but when when the perspective is hey we're all called and and let's let's run together let's walk with each other let's encourage each other let's spur each other on towards love and good deeds because we're all called and god's got purpose for each one of us unto his name for his glory then i get to cheer on when i hear about how the youth group went and how you know these two girls that have been coming for the last month how they're finding just quick community, and the other kids that were there were praying for friends their age, and they're getting to receive the fruit of that, that relationship and that friendship too. That's God orchestrating, no question, but that's you being the before time began, fulfilling a purpose. and For me to get to sit back and watch that, it's so easy to cheer on, so easy to celebrate, and it doesn't have any of the other weird temporary stuff mixed mm. in with it. And I think that's where we're meant to live.
1: That's beautiful, man. Um. Yeah, that was the rest of my questions. It was awesome. basically if yeah. you know if you had anything more about like kind of what the consequences of what, um, you know, pastors would like the burden for pastors. Yeah, is there a, like, if people are wanting to be just servants or.
0: Well, yeah, I, guess... I think I think it comes back to the Ephesians passage of equip saints to minister. That yeah. if you're a leader in the church, your job is still serving. Everybody's job is to serve. And you want to be the first, then be the first to serve. If you want to be the greatest, then you know be the least that to to follow Jesus' model. But but the you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, wh- where it talks about that the whole point of the language is so that the church would be fully alive and, and walking what it's supposed to. But the gift, even the leadership gift, exists too equip saints for them to minister so it's not to draw people a crowd to you it's that what's in you would be given to them so that wherever and however god has called them they would be fully equipped to to do that thing perfect and that's that's a different perspective mm-hmm. and so that's the the massive difference between volunteer versus serving the the massive difference between being a volunteer for something and and ministering as a servant in the house to what god has called you to do they're not similar, they're actually really different. And I, I pray that in the church we would be done with the word volunteer, and that we would be a people who live, understanding that there's a place for me to serve, and and that's a joy to do, not, a, not an insult. And uh, Jesus did that, and so we're just being like him when we do it.
1: What's the... It, that sometimes people say like not volunteer, voluntold. Yeah, volunteer. Like you've been told by your master <laughs> in heaven, your father in heaven, yeah. you've been voluntold that you need to be yeah. a part of the church and Yeah, like,
0: well you've been brought into the family and this yeah. is what your family's like. Yeah. And that's so awesome. so these are the that is the attributes of our family. And what a joy yeah. to look like our family. Yeah, and to awesome. show that to others. So yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. This has been awesome. Super yep. excited for this conversation. Glad that we got to have it. Thanks for listening. I pray to encourage you and challenge you. Um, if you have questions or anything, please reach out to us. We'd love to uh, interact with, dialogue with you in any way that we can. You can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you know, follow us on Apple, Spotify. Um, yeah, and any, any reviews or shares and things like that helps to put this in front of other people. So appreciate you taking the time to do that. To subscribe to us on uh, on YouTube helps us out there too. So thanks for listening, and I pray you have an amazing week. I'm not searching for some new just longing for the true
1: You can't help but notice there's something missing. Would you help us get on? Would you help us get on?